Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Mike's back. How you doing? Silent Ron's back. Hello. Bob's back. What's happening? No nickname, Carl's back. Sorry. <laughs> and joining us tonight is the sultry voice of Digging Deeper, Sonny. Hey. <laughs> Zero post-it required for that. That's right. So good. One take. And DJ Funkmaster Flex, <laughs> Little Joey, AK known to the youth group as Kyle, but real name, Tyler. Hello. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> Mike, you want to read our Bible verse for us? Sure. Reading Romans 1.20, reading from the ESV version. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. And our topic tonight is excuses. And it's... Mm-hmm. Kind of shocker that Coffee Mike's not here, right? No doubt. He, he has had, an excuse. He had an excuse. But of course, of course I use that same one sometimes. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll say we'll say an excused excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think we all have excuses when it comes to faith, especially faith. Whether it's going back in faith or getting back to faith. Not doing something. I mean, think about it. This whole podcast came from an excuse, my excuse, that I didn't want to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. We had, I know Tyler and Isaac, I had an excuse for not wanting to do youth group. Yep. I've had a few years of that excuse. Tyler's had a lot of excuses not to come to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now. But, like, in addiction-wise, right? I had a whole bunch of excuses of why to keep doing it. Only I didn't call them excuses. I called them justifications. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like, not going to church. Every church is the same. Every pastor is the same. All the people in the church is the same. Like, I don't want to go. But it's not about the building. It's not about the people in the building. I rattled off a couple of my excuses. I can go into detail. I, can, I have a whole laundry list of excuses that I've used. Oh, yeah. I know a big one I've always used is there's not enough time. Mm-hmm. I'm too busy. Yep. I got so much to do. I still Kids do have got one. this. Wife's got this. <laughs> I've got this. Or even when it's... Well, I'm doing this and this and this for the church. Mm-hmm. My, my biggest one for youth group would be, um, wh- what do I have to teach them? I uh, I grew up in the church. I, I don't. I've heard a lot of testimonies, and I'm like, I never went down any of those paths, so I don't really have anything to bring to the table. I see well, that I now. When I came what, here. Yeah. what about this one? I know that we've all said, who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was kind of like the podcast, man. It just got through into my lap, and I never knew that, you know, I could do something like this. I mean, I just Amen. I just sat at my house for, you know, almost a year drinking myself into an oblivion mm-hmm. and basically, you know, just ravished all the ways of the world and then turn around and, you know, I mean, I'd go to church a couple of times a year as long as I wasn't hungover on Sunday. And then now it's, you know, every single Sunday I try to be there or, you know, end up doing a podcast or, you know, God's been throwing all kinds of stuff in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just one thing after the other. And I'm, I'm grateful because it, it keeps me grounded. But I still make excuses sometimes about oh, not man. wanting to or, you know, you know, battles that I'm facing or something. And, you know, it, I ended up not going to church on Sunday and then I didn't go to church on Christmas Sunday either you know and 
So I went two weeks without church. And it's it's really kind of weighing on you. Yeah, it's put its toll on me. But mm. I made excuses. I was too tired. I've been you know ripping and running. I you know <clears throat> trying to get my truck done, trying to get stuff done around the house, trying to get stuff done for somebody else, and you know it's just one thing after the other. And you know, all in all, it's an excuse. And for real. I could have made time. I think that that's something that's always, to me, such a good thing to look at. And, and Carl talks about it a lot, is the the um, God turning you around or changing your course. And I think that that's one of the big things of making sure that we know where we're heading. But he also is right there to, to, to let you know when you're not in the right place. And making And, you know, and then now you know probably your whole life he's been trying to teeter you to go go to church find this but now that you're accountable to him you feel it like you can feel it in your soul because i know we've all talked about it and whether it's we're not not doing devotionals or we're not doing we, we miss sunday church that it just starts things off wrong you mm-hmm. know? and you can just already feel it and the longer it goes the worse it feels yeah you know and that's kind of the correction of him trying to say you're, you're mine now mm-hmm. you made this commitment I'm not you know you're not it's not going to be easy but I'm not letting you out of it yeah so and that's a, a good point that Sonny brought up too because the taking you out of that flow for a little bit even if it's one Sunday yeah. let alone two Sundays yeah. then you get put back in that comfort zone mm-hmm. right and then it's and then it's the excuse of, well, I'm all right, even though you know you're not all right. Yeah. Right. And see, that's, I mean, it's even going further than that. You know, I haven't been, you know, reaching out like I usually do. You know, it's not that I'm, you know, possibly trying to go back to my own ways. It's just I'm trying to get readjusted to life without mm-hmm. drinking, without mm-hmm. doing, you know, drugs or anything else. And the biggest thing is, is, you know, I, I haven't been relying on other Christians or other fellow members that are in a program or anything else. It's just been, I've been trying to do it on my own. And I I don't like doing stuff on my own. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm kind of needy. <laughs> but we're not made to, though. Go ahead. You know? Right. We're not made to. When we put self in the equation, that's when everything starts going right. Yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, if you miss two Sundays... And you go back. But if you miss that third Sunday, chances are you're not going to walk back through them doors. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, it, it, it's just, it's a given. Yeah. You know, because the thing is, is, you know, you say you're not reaching out or you're not, you know, going to church just because you're trying to adjust your life. It's an excuse. <laughs> it really it is, but yeah, it, no, it's I, an excuse. That, it. It's the excuse. It's an excuse that the enemy is giving you mm-hmm. to drag you back in a different way. Yeah. He may oh, not yeah. be able to bring you back with the alcohol, right? But he can sure drag you back down with something else. Whatever, whatever he can throw on your lap and make it way heavy on. That's what it'll start. No, but, yeah. yeah, that's where it'll start. And then you know, once he once he does that, then you know, then he'll start. Pressing that little button on, oh, well, one little beer won't hurt you. Mm-hmm. One little drink won't hurt you. Yeah. You know, my thing is, is you know, uh, when I was a kid, I done some, I done some wild stuff. Uh, but as I grew older, you know, basically what I done when I was old enough to to really work work, I traded one addiction for another. I traded the addiction of doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. You know, which wasn't good stuff for work, and I and that's where that's where it all kicked in, and that's where I started driving so hard. I would make excuses on not being able to go to my wife, do anything with my wife, or I wouldn't be able to do anything with my kids, or go to their games, or do this or do that, whatever it was, because I was driven on work. All I wanted to do was make enough money to retire by the time I was fifty-five years old. Trust me, guys, it don't work. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, you know, all i done was traded one addiction for another addiction, and that's what Satan wants us to do, you know. He'll kick us, he'll let us get out of that one addiction. But, yeah, man, he's going to throw you right back into something else, you know. 
The thing is, is now that I look back, I can see where God was actually in my life, walking with me. Because, for one thing, some of the stuff I've done, I mean, I'm really surprised I'm even living. I mean, for real. Um, but, you know, then, as I traded that one addiction for this other addiction, which was called work, and that's where I got drove so hard, because my money was my thing. It really was. I thought I had to have as much as I could get. Like I said, I wanted to be retired by the time I was 55. That's a good number, because that's the same number I picked. Yeah. And I went to work for, like, three different people. I was working three and four jobs, just so I keep myself busy, so that I didn't have to give somebody an excuse not to do whatever they asked me right. or to call me. Because if I was busy, I didn't have time for nobody else. See? Except for that money. I wanted yeah. that money. And that's it. That what you said to you. You're not reaching out, Sonny. You don't have time for, for other people, Ron. The the biggest issue to me, corporate worship's important. The biggest issue is having relationships with fellow believers. Yeah. Because I would su- suspect that, that that statistic that you referenced about if you miss three in a row, you're probably not going to go back. I bet if you analyze those statistics, the vast majority of those people don't have relationships with people inside the assembly. That's the bigger core issue right. to me. Church isn't the answer. Church culture is not the answer. Honestly, the digger you dip, deep, the digger, oh the deeper you can you save my the own, bigger. Oh my goodness! Can you save my own episode? Digging, <laughs> digging deeper. Hey, that's why Sonny's here. Sonny, you want to yeah. digging deeper? Yes. The, the deeper you dig into scripture, you find the more church culture has kind of led us away from our foundation. Really, the real, the real important factor is that you have relationships with other believers. For that accountability to keep you from going off the rails, and that's what we miss. We just think, well, if I go to church on Sunday, I'm good. I've checked the box. I've done the corporate thing. That's all I have to do. And then you have six days of the week that Satan has full access to you. Mm -hmm. I was I was doing a devotion this week, um, and it talked about it was a marriage one. So, but it talked about doing life together, obviously Mm -hmm. as a married couple. But it really hit home about even though you're married and you're together, but if you both stay home and don't do, you know, just not not really the corporate worship, like you're saying, the, the gathering together just with your close friends who, who are there to call you, hey, where you at? I missed you Sunday. That, that is a huge thing. So during COVID, our, our son who has cystic fibrosis, we, uh, we stayed home for about a year, and that was the darkest year of our lives ever. We thought we were doing good. That was the crazy part. <laughs> we were watching it on TV. We were doing great. Well, that's right. where, that's where oh, he no. was. That's where he was making it. Yeah, it took us you a know long time to get flying. back in. But once we got back in, we decided that we're going all in. Yeah. I mean, the, the if the more I do throughout the week with fellow brothers in Christ and, and with the youth group and everything, it just it's. I can see where God has me going now. I was just telling him that I could see the. The, the uh, what, what was the word I used? My my purpose. There it is. There Look, at my yeah. my current purpose in life right now is where I'm supposed to right. be. But the thing is, is is don't let yourself get so busy. Right. Correct. In that current right. purpose that you're actually missing what God wants you right. to absolutely do. Mm-hmm. And see, like I said, back when I traded that one addiction for the other addiction, I was so far off the rails it was unreal because it didn't matter. I I was going to make that almighty dollar. It was going to happen. Yep. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I wired myself so hard to be so so driven that uh, I still didn't make enough money to quit. But you know, the thing is, like I said, now that that God has that God has shown me the way. You know, I was so far off the rails; it was unreal. But you know, He lets us run them rails. He lets us run them paths. To bring us to a point to where we've learned quite a bit and, and a good lesson that he can absolutely turn us around and use us to do his work. You know, that day I stood on that porch when that preacher come up and he goes, hey, when you're coming back to church, and I told him I didn't need God, didn't want God, mm. you know, it. that's how far off the rail I was. Yeah, but... I didn't think I needed God. Yep. You know, but... Three weeks later, 
God's like, yep, yeah, you do need me. Want a bit? Yeah, want a bit. <laughs> well, and to do his work in the right way, too, because like you and I were talking about, Bob, I think ministry can become an addiction. It can. Like, you, you get so addicted to serving God and doing these outward things that you're neglecting the relationships with your fellow believers, and that's not good either. Like we've talked not. about, we've gotten to a point where us in this room, we're almost just sort of passing each other by. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're getting so obsessed with the ministry aspect that we're kind of neglecting the more important relationship aspect that's yeah, got to come first. I mean, we say we got the brotherhood, but it's just on a, a, a bypass. We don't, you know, Yeah. we say we do life together. I mean, but we do on Sunday evening, but as far as the rest of the week, we don't do a whole lot of anything. Yeah. I try. Well, it's like... I go to your shop. I know you And I brought it up like, I'm, like I'm when, we, when we first started. But that's just it. You're not... Like when we first started, like... Bob, Mike, and I had the conversation. Like on Sunday, we barely even said hi to each other mm-hmm. because we were fielding questions. Or uh, fielding questions, probably the wrong thing at, ch- at at church. But we weren't talking to each other, right? right? Yeah. And it was just a hi. It was oh, yeah. yeah. And like, uh, it might have been that Monday night, or it could have been at our small group or something. And I was like, we got to stop. Like. It feels like we're starting to go through that, the motions part of it, mm-hmm. which what we were doing was fine, right? Because people needed to hear us and, and wanted our opinion on things. Why us three? I don't know, but <laughs> them people are. <laughs> but I want to bring. We up don't a see ca- a lot of them anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Just I want to bring up a counterpoint, and, we'll, and so we can discuss this because I know me, so I like to go, 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 right. Because I'm scared that if I don't go, then I'll be lazy. Because I know I'm lazy. And then I'll get complacent. And then it's like a rainy day and you got the big truck sitting in the yard and those tires sink in. Then once it's sun again, it's hard to get out of that yard. Real just quick. made me feel good. I was going to say. I worked all day today. Yeah. But on this, is there anybody who doesn't feel like that? Like honestly, right. it doesn't feel like that. That describes them as well, and especially, unfortunately, when it comes to your faith. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I still do, so I'm still. No, you. I know okay. you're there. You know, it's okay. I'll that, speak. That for you. drive, that <laughs> drive I was talking about about working. Don't get me wrong. That drive's still there because it's. I've done it so long, and been there so long doing it. I mean, man, 28 years is what I've been doing this. I mean, mm-hmm. just driving that hard, but now. I don't know how to pump the brakes. Right. Well, me neither. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, if I sit at home, I'm like, man, I'm wasting, I'm wasting time. I should be out doing something. Why am I sitting here yeah. doing nothing when there's plenty of stuff to do out there, but yet my excuse is, I'm, I'm just going to sit here. Yeah. But I feel terrible because I know I should be out doing something. That's not me. I don't, I don't stop because yeah. I make the excuse, well, I got this to do. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. So... I don't rest. Me neither. And that's why my body's in the shape it's in. You know, that's why my knees are all messed up. That's why I got arthritis. I'll catch you. I mean, you'll get there one day. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, you know. The young him. That's right. <laughs> Ouch. You got a whippersnapper. <laughs> but, no, I mean, it absolutely done me no good to have that much drive. It really did not do me any justice at all. Now that I've got God... I've got that same drive, but it's actually a different aspect on drive. Right. It's it's for him now. Right. Whatever, anything that comes through that shop, anybody that runs through my shop, I try to talk to him about God. I try to bring him into every conversation I have. It does not matter what it is. I try to bring him up. I try to put him in the equation now. You know, used to I wouldn't put him in the equation. I wouldn't even thought twice about it. Like I said. God's got jokes anyway. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all know how he's, he's y'all know how he turned me right mm-hmm. yeah. by my own work, working mm-hmm. on a car. That's what shocked my heart. Because yep. I was laid down on the front of that truck, and it was an old Chevy ATI distributor. You know how much you know how hot they are. <laughs> I pulled that plug wire off my left arm. Boom! It hit me. It threw. It, it hit me so hard it threw the it threw the pliers clear across the shop. Mm. That's how hard it hit me. And then when I stood up. It just felt like I had butterflies in my chest. Mm. And then from there, you know, what really got me to seeking God 
was I was in the I was in the uh, ICU unit for three days, and that nurse come in and she goes, "Well, Mr. Branstad, welcome to the world of sick." I'm like, "Nope, I'm out." Mm-hmm. I know who can heal me, and that's when I started seeking God. When she walked in and told me, "Welcome to the world of sick," I'm like, "Uh, uh-uh, that's not for me. Yep. Not at all." Ain't got time for it. And no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't have time for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't think I had time right. for it. But you know, right. the thing is, is it took it took several months for God to teach me and show me, and you know, start learning me some things, and and then I. I I finally surrendered to him, and then, then he fixed my problem. Mm-hmm. So, Carl, what's some of the excuses that you've used? Um, and then when you get ready to answer, then Tyler, who's been a believer his whole life and everything's golden rose. <laughs> golden <laughs> unicorns and rainbows. You're up next after Carl. It's kind of related to what you said about, you know, you're, you're afraid if you stop and you won't start again. But it's, it's, it's like a double-edged sword for me. You know what I mean? Like, I have that feeling like you, exactly. Ron, that, you know, when you're not doing something, you feel like you should be doing more, but then you feel like when you do do something, it feels like you poured yourself out to empty and nobody even knows. Right. So it's like, what's the point? So mm-hmm. I, like, I think that's the biggest one that hits me is it, it just feels like you, you pour so much into serving him. And I'm not saying there's no point in serving him, but it feels like there's no point in serving the ones around you. You know what I mean? That's what really the enemy hits me with a lot. Is it just it feels like the the work to output ratio just isn't there. You know what I mean? And that's 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 where the enemy gets me the easiest. I, I think. I actually had a, a instance happen tonight that a lady got a hold of me, and uh, it was about one of my posts, and um, she's dealing with a, a alcoholic boyfriend, and he's 15 days sober. And he's going through all the emotions and everything else and, like, you know, ups and downs. And, I mean, it's just crazy. And when they're up, they're up. But when they're down, they're they're down. So, like, and she was just like, I don't know what to do, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you know, you love them, be there for them. It doesn't matter if it's just, you know, whatever. But just be there for him. He's going to be a wreck. I said, give it to about 90 days. And then you'll see the difference. And she was just, you know, I, I actually had a conversation with her for probably over an hour. And, you know, it, that helped me because, like, just her reaching out from one of my posts, mm-hmm. it was just like, thank you. It, the, what I'm doing means something. Mm-hmm. I need to start back on it. Yeah. Like, I've been kind of... You're seeing the feedback, right? And, yeah. and you're seeing your own growth. Then. And, like, just me telling what I'm going through on Facebook is helping other people. Mm-hmm. You know, my path, my what, my demons that I deal with. And, you know, tonight it helps somebody. And, and I think that that's where this, the community we're talking about needs to come in more. And we've talked about it, and I've said it on here, especially with us guys. You know, because we need to uplift each other, and we need to let each other know that that we're important to each other. Because we do internalize it, and we do keep it inside to where it just wrecks us emotionally, and especially when you're talking about you're doing good things for God, and you're not seeing the fruit. Because it's not... I, I, I I think I know Carl well enough to say Carl doesn't want an attaboy from anybody he doesn't want God to be like yeah good job anything like that he's doing the work that he feels God's put on his heart but when you don't see it and you're working 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 and you know you're missing the time with the family you're missing the time with the kids you're doing this and then you're still doing it and you're not seeing anything but then God calls you to help somebody else and you're going through and you're not still not seeing it and stuff unfortunately his time is a double edged sword Mm-hmm. It's tempting to feel like the words coming back in, right? You know what I mean. You're absolutely, absolutely right. It's not, yeah. the, it's not that you want credit or praise. You know what I mean. I'm, I'm really yeah. cautious to choke down that pride anytime I see that welling itself up in my heart. But at the same time, you don't want your your labor to be wasted, mm-hmm. right? Either, and that's that's the enemy is really good at making you feel like that. But Abba is so awesome about doing things like you said, Sonny. And when you when you start feeling that, he'll give you a little example from somebody that hey, there were, there was impact here. Do they matter? Yeah. Right. You, you know? know, and that's the thing is like. I mean, I think 
I think that was a, a saying, hey, what you were doing, what you quit doing because you made excuses that you were too busy. You're too busy to do your devotional. You're too busy to do your videos. You're too busy to do these things. And well, they help people mm -hmm. and they mean something. And this is what I called you to do right now. Right. So do that. You know, and I think that was kind of a the awakening tonight was just saying, "Hey, you are on the right path. Get back on it." Right. You know, mm -hmm. you're kind of veering off. I think we rush it too. You know, yeah. you know, he uses the analogy of fruit and you know, fruit tree for a reason. You know, we talk about that the fruit of the spirit. But you know, the first like two three years of a fruit tree's life. The fruit's kind of useless. Yeah. It's or not good. Don't, fruit. It don't there is no fruit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not. Yeah. Yeah. Either the first year it doesn't grow any, and then when it starts growing fruit, the fruit's not very good. It takes time to develop useful fruits. I think it's like the fourth year. That's, that's the year, you know, even biblically, that belongs to God. That fourth year of the fruit tree belongs to Him because that's when the fruit is actually useful, and I think we try to rush it. Yeah, I got, oh, yeah, absolutely. I got two apple trees and two oh. pear trees at my that's house. I mean, the apple trees, they're, they're all like three years old. Apple trees don't bear nothing. Yeah. The, the pear trees finally had fruit on them this past year. Granted. What age were they? Three years three old. Three years old, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be four this year. So, But granted, I mean, the pear trees had some fruit on them. Wasn't nothing to really, I mean, five, six, seven pears maybe per tree. Mm -hmm. And like I said, they wasn't very good. <laughs> you know? Well, and that hit me when I when I came to that. I think it was today that I, I, I saw that and was reminded of that. And I'm like, I started doing to do the math. And when he really hit me and, and I had my, my shock to the heart moment was about three years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was about three years. And now that I'm actually starting to see some fruit develop, it's actually useful in my life. Mm -hmm. It's about that time frame. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's probably unusual that he handles us as people in the same way as the analogy he gives with fruit tree. That it mm -hmm. takes time to develop it in a useful way. We just we have to we have to respect the process. Well, I gotta be patient. Mm -hmm. See, that's where I'm not because it kind of goes with that learning the Bible thing. Mm -hmm. I'm new. I'm still learning it, but who knows what I'll know when it comes four years. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm only a year in. You know, I got three more years, so we'll see where it's at when I get there. Yeah. As long as I can stay the course right. and not have excuses not right. to keep going forth. The, the thing is, is you gotta <clears throat> gotta keep yourself in that fertile ground. Mm -hmm. You can't uh, you can't be like the seed that went to the to the rocky ground or the thorny ground. You got to get on that good ground. You know, and in that analogy is pretty good because if you're not in that fertile, if you're not if you're not vested in that fertile ground which we all know who the fertile ground is that's Jesus mm -hmm. if we're not vested in him you're not going to grow mm -hmm. period I mean it just is not going to happen and you have to maintain that ground you have to maintain that ground you know uh, I was going to save this till, uh, till the end but I'm going I'm to put it out there Carl turned me on to a book The Shepherd that looked at Psalms 23 mm -hmm. Man, I'm going to tell you what, that very first verse just blew my mind. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, we're talking, this guy just broke it down, you know. I mean, who is, who is the shepherd? God's the shepherd. Mm -hmm. He tends his sheep. If you, if, and the thing is, is he asked us to help him tend them sheep. Because he, once, we, once we become a part of his family, that turns us into a shepherd. Mm -hmm. So we start tending the sheep. Well, you know, uh, over in over in Afghanistan, all that. You know how they get fertile ground over there. How they get the plush green fields is, you know, they got to they've got to work that field. They've got to plow them fields. They got to take the rocks out of them. They got to take the foliage out of them. Then they got to plant the then they got to plant the green grass. Put lagoons in so to water the grass. And then you got. You still got the sheep herder. The way he put it was, you got the sheep herder that has still got the barren ground. That the sheep, all they do is is chew on the chewing the dirt. Then you got the then you got the shepherd that's got the plush green ground. Well, look at it this way: the one that's got the barren ground, that's the world. That's the, that's the ones that are still sheep in the world. Mm -hmm. The one that's the ones that are over here in the plush green grass. Them are the ones that are being shepherded by God and His people. This guy, 
to cut it short because we, I could sit and talk about this all night. The name of the book is phenomenal. <laughs> <It's> powerful. <laughs> it is very powerful. But when he when he said this, I'm like, man, that just blows my mind. The the sheep that are in the barren ground walk up to the woven fence, which is the people of the world walk up to that woven fence and they look over and they see that plush green grass. And they see them other sheep, which is God's people, eating on that grass. And they're like, I just can't obtain that. How can I obtain that? But the only way to obtain it is just believe in the shepherd, the one that's going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. And that's Jesus. That's how you obtain that flesh green grass. That just, I mean, that, that hit me so hard last night when I was listening. I'm like, wow. I got clear to chapter five. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really anxious to see what he says about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But that, that, that just, and there's, there's some other stuff in there. I could talk about them first five chapters all night long. It's just really powerful. If you get a chance to read, yeah, I'm listening to it because I can't read. So, long time listener, first time caller, DJ Tyler. What, what excuses did you make? being in religion going to church being a christian your whole life like so yeah to go back i'll give you just a short bit of a testimonial kind of history of it so um grew up in the catholic church sorry i was a kid and my mom was listening to uh christian radio back then when it was just talk shows you know was any music and i it was either james dobson or one of those that was talking about this relationship that you have, and my mom's like, I don't know anything about that, but that sounds like something I want to do. So I, I tell her all the time and, and praise her for listening to God because there's no way I'd be where I am right now if she, because my dad wasn't a churchgoer. Uh, I mean, he was, but I mean, it wasn't his, you know, it was, it was my mom that changed, and because of her decision, my dad is saved, both my brother and me, we're all where we are now because. I mean, my mom listened to, so I give her all the. But anyway, so I grew up luckily young enough in the church, and you know, I grew up through youth group and all that. Um, I I don't know why I never partied in high school. I never did all that, but I have had the thing that no one likes to talk about as men in the church: the pornography addiction. I mean, it's such a hard, hard thing to overcome. And to say I've overcome it, I, I don't. I don't think you ever will. I don't. I don't mean like. I mean, it's always going to be forced in your face. It seems like every single day with your, the phone. I mean, I think it's, it's a, an addiction. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I mean, like, even I though mean, I'm two years addiction, it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. what. I'm the, two years clean. Yeah. On, on alcohol, but like, yeah. every day's a struggle. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I use that to talk about that. I use that every single day of my life for years. I'm I do that, so I can't talk about God. I mean, <laughs> which doesn't make sense. But anyway. So I started going down that route, but um, so again, I always always followed the faith. I did all the church stuff. We went to all the the youth group things, and every time I would go back to the sin, you know, the, the addiction, it just was like, okay, now I'm going to start fresh. I'm now low on the totem pole. I'm not where God wanted me to be. And then I started going to another church after that when I got out of college. And Are you still Catholic at this point? No. <laughs> okay. No, we were Methodists at that point, okay. actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you work your way. <laughs> You're running the gambit. <laughs> so we moved from, I moved after the college. Um, when I got back, I moved to Baptist Church. <laughs> we're getting and, there. <laughs> in search of a, of a girl. Uh, but through all of that, I, uh, obviously I met my wife. But um, I went, I remember going to a summer camp as a leader with our church, um, because I was a deacon at this time, which doesn't, I don't understand still why I was a deacon then, because I was way too young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just, anyway, so I went on as a leader to this camp, and I remember going through one of the leadership classes and going, man, I think God is calling me to do something in the youth. This was years, years ago. And then I was like, no. I, like I told the youth not too long, I said, I, I hate teenagers. They are the worst. They're annoying. They're mean. And I can't keep up with them. I, I just, I, they're just, it's not my thing. <laughs> so then, four years ago, this is why I started laughing. I started going, four and a half, whatever Redeemer started, um, started going to that church. And it was, you know, such a great decision. Um, 
But anyway, so it was through all that, Cole always talked about doing one thing and doing one thing well for the church. And I was like, I'm in the band. I'm good. I do that really well. I think, you know, but I try. <laughs> and then we, we started getting... Uh, Coffee got stuck, sorry. We, we kind of took over a, a, a guardianship of two teenagers, believe it or not, mm. who we've kind of raised a little bit here and there and I, before they were teenagers. But once they started becoming teenagers, I really connected with them and a few of their families. And my wife tells me now and she's like I saw it and I said I know because you'd mention it every once in a while you're really good with them and I'm like no they're terrible people they stink <laughs> I don't want anything to do with them <laughs> and then one of the servants it was talking about John Ackley and all the things that he was doing in the church and all these and like, like somebody needs to help step up and do all these other things and I'm like ah oh, fine I will join I will start going to the youth. Guess what? what? I'll just I'll just go to a few of the Wednesday night things. Um, so I call John and then let them know. And they're like, hey, just keep in mind, we really need somebody to go to Florida for the summer camp. And I'm like, well, I'll go. I'll do that. That was on Sunday. That Sunday night, Ben texted me and said, hey, we really need one more guy to go. It should be. I'm like, I'm already going. All right. And from there on, it's been awesome. But I still struggle every single Wednesday thinking I'm just... I'm, how am I teaching? I'm not a teacher. I can't even speak very well. But so there's my life. So I use that excuse still to this day. Is my I'm not a good teacher. I do the wrong things. I don't read often. I should read more so I can't be able to teach since I don't read every day. It's your it's, it's your childlike maturity. Yes. There you go. There's. I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. But there you well, go. Hey, it's your yeah, it's your answer, not mine. That's right. That's right. Well, you just said it's kind of like my prayer side. I don't feel like I can pray, especially in that front of people. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who's I'm praying us out tonight? Not wrong. <laughs> Unless you want the maybe, real silent prayer. <laughs> yeah, but the thing, it's weird. But if I'm alone. Or if I, you know, I, I throw prayers out on Facebook all the time. But if somebody was asked me to do it, like in front of you all, I I don't have the uh, courage, I guess, so to say, to do it yet. You know, I want it, but that is an excuse mm-hmm. not to do it. Well, and that, you saying that, there's a conversation Mike and I had last week um, when we were at the youth conference worship music right like n- not worship music itself but me worshiping right like to the music it, in my head like i'm raising my hands i'm going through the motions me too. like the whole thing but i can't do it yeah but i can't do it because i'm afraid then people are going to stare at me yeah right pride yep. but there but there i think it was a casting crown song the crazy people song mm-hmm. i think yes it is I did it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I felt good for, like, a minute. And then... Then you heard that whisper. So I was watching you. Well, yeah. in, in my head. Right. Yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. Right? In your head. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. so then it, then I, I went from holding a small TV mm-hmm. to, like, <laughs> to, like, straight hands down. And then it was like, no, like, you're into the music. You're doing it again. So then I went big TV. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, like Zach Williams' concert. Yes. After that, yeah. and... I couldn't keep my hands down. Mm-hmm. They were constantly up. I go to church and listen to the worship, and I see people doing it, and I feel like I wanted. I know I want to do it. I just cannot bring myself to raise my hand. And it's like Sunday. I wanted to go down to the altar. I wanted to go so bad, but I could not step out and go until you turned around and said, do you want to go down? And I was like, yes. Well, I could not. I made an excuse not to go down there because I was... I was worried about people watching me. So to, to, to add to my little thing that I was talking about, I kind of wanted to mention, but forgot. This, when I decided to, to join the youth, or, or in your instance, maybe, to raise your hands, um, it's like I was telling you that God revealed what his plans are for me right now, and I don't think I've ever felt that. So as soon as I said yes and went all in, it's like life, it's almost like I've been reborn. I mean, since I've done this it's I, I talk about the youth all the time I don't care if it drives people up a wall or what or not but I'm, I'm so passionate so excited about these youth just because I feel like I want to know that that's where I'm supposed to be and the second you say yes the second you get over that hurdle it's life is so it's just it's not amazing don't get me wrong there's gonna be struggles but 
I'm happy through those struggles, I guess. Anyway. See, I think the biggest thing for me is is that I don't rely on God's confidence enough. I rely on my own, and my confidence sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mine too. That's why I didn't want to do it. All you know, I was scared to do yeah. this podcast because yeah. I was afraid I was going to give somebody the wrong info. Right. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I'm scared to, to say the wrong things or, you know, like I've said on broke or... Um, Digging deeper. Digging deeper. Good thing Chris is on there. Yeah, <laughs> no joke. Evidently, self-promotion is not going to be a thing. <laughs> I'm so worried about, like, the other side of me coming out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, breaking out a cuss word or saying the wrong things or actually putting my own mental state into it, okay. you know. and uh, Your own pressure. Your right. pressure in yourself. Yeah. Instead and, of, yeah. You know, the, the what I've come to find out is that whenever I just let it come out, it's, it's better than what I think. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because you know why? Because you're absolutely letting the Holy Spirit funnel through you. Mm-hmm. Because, like, each time before I get to the podcast and everything, I pray. I pray on the way there. And then, you know, it's prayer is hard for me, too, because... Sometimes I don't think it's enough because I'll just say simple little ones mm-hmm. and it's not extravagant because I've been taught that you have to do this a certain way and mm. you know in my mind I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it has to be all foundation and you know glorious and certain words and everything else I think you know it's just, just certain little things here and there yep. and it's yeah. personal for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And I felt I feel that more than I've felt anything, and I've described it oftentimes is you're having a talk with your best friend. Yeah, yeah. for real. And yeah. I, I had somebody get a hold of me one time and was and was just like, "Well, I pray all the time," and I'm like, "Are you asking for things?" Or she was just like, "Yeah." She goes, "Every time I pray, I ask." I said, "Just start thinking it." Right. For simple things, little things, mm-hmm. and uh, she did, and she got a hold of me not too long ago, and was just like, "It's kind of, it's helped me see different. It's changed me a little bit. It's just like a little bit's enough." Right. Yeah. I got to figure out while well, you're praying, like, "Oh, so what do I praise God for?" And then you start realizing, "Oh, I got this. I'm blessed with this. I got all these things." You know, there's simple little things just happen, and then you think. Oh well, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I think of that as a prayer. Right. You know, you're mm-hmm. acknowledging that it's from Him. Yep. So. All right. Let's start pulling the needle off the record. Final thoughts, Bob. Liar. Hard to give it out. Liar. That's an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Put them on blast. Let me see. Um. No, for real. I mean, back when I, I guess, I'm going to go with this, I guess. Back when God wanted me to start preaching, I run for seven months. I told him no. I'm like, you can't use me. Why you want to use me? I don't, even, I don't even know the Bible like most guys know the Bible. I don't know what words to say. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. But, you know, and I kept running, I kept running, and he finally pinned me down when the gathering bike church started. Because I love motorcycles, I rode motorcycles all the time. And, you know, that that is a hard community to reach, I'm telling you. That is a chore. But anyway, that's here or there. He pinned me down, and, and I said yes. And the very first, man, the very first sermon that I preached, I was so, so scared, and I couldn't hardly get the words to come out, and I'm like, God, you know, you want me to do this, so you're going to have to do this, and then, man, once I prayed that, boom, it just, he's, the sermon just went, you know, and then from then on, you know, I would write my sermons out. But uh, I would probably only get into the first maybe five or six sentences on the what I wrote. 
and the Holy Spirit would take over. What I'm getting at is if you're feeling if you're feeling like God's calling you to do something, don't be stupid like me and run. Just absolutely surrender and allow Him. I'm going to tell you, it's the best thing you'll ever do is if you surrender to Him and allow Him to work through you. There's nothing. There's no comparison to anything else. So what he said. Yeah. You're up next. What he said. They do it all time. I don't. I, don't I agree with Bob. <laughs> I don't know if it'll pertain to the, the excuses thing, but um, you can't just read the Bible. You, you can't just pray. It, it goes hand in hand in my my experience. Um, I always read the Bible, but I never had a prayer life. And it wasn't until I actually started writing down prayers um, that things just really drastically. That, I mean, I, that is probably one of the big reasons, or the big reason, that I am where I am with the church and youth group and stuff. Now, if I can just drive it home to the kids. Sonny? <laughs> uh, biggest thing is quit relying on yourself, rely on God more. Um, he hasn't failed yet. No. There ain't no reason not to. Um, you know, my biggest thing is that I rely on myself more than I rely on God. And I'm faulty in every way. He's perfect in every way. There's no reason to. And I think another thing is, is that we've hit a point tonight that a lot of people don't understand and that's you don't have to be perfect none of us are none of us ever will be we're all we're all sinners Mm. we're all faulty and we just try to do the best that we can and help each other out you know be there for each other and you can still lead without knowing what you're doing sometimes because God's got it and Best way to go, anyways. Schmedium Mike, you got to stop letting your excuses be a reason to not bless others. I agree. Carl Uso. the elephant in the room and it's always the elephant in the room it seems like is the collective excuses that we've accepted and we all have individual excuses for why we as as individuals aren't serving him but i think often we we've accepted a collective excuse to disobey him um you were brought to jude this mm-hmm. week and i find it interesting because that's where we're going to be in and digging deeper in the next few weeks and it's all built around answering a question we all want Jesus as our Savior. Do we accept Him as our Lord, though? As our Lord of our, the Lord of our life? And this isn't as a rebuke of anything that anybody says. It's absolutely true. We're not perfect. But that can't be an excuse to stay there. Um, I think verse 4 of the letter from Jude really defines what he's warning about. And I think at that time, it was a fringe element in the church. But I think, unfortunately, it's become more mainstream and accepted theology in the church now. And he says, For there are certain men crept in unawares without fear or reverence of God, who from beforehand have been ordained unto this condemnation. Strong language. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness or sin, and denying God, who alone has dominion in our Lord Jesus the Christ. They were using grace as their excuse to sin against the Father. They were using grace as their license to commit acts against the commandments of God. And he linked that to denying God himself. He said it was the same thing. These are individuals that were inside the churches. They claimed to be serving God. And they were using the grace offered by Jesus as an excuse to disobey the commandments of God. And again, I think that was fringe then. I think it's very mainstream now. Mm -hmm. And we have got to recognize that for what it is. No matter how popular it is. No matter how, how, how accepted it is in the Bible colleges, we have got to recognize it for what it is. It's not biblical. We're not perfect. That's why we need the blood to cover us. But if the blood covers you when you repent, when you seek to turn away from the things that he calls sin, not when you actively rebel 
and surrender yourself to that rebellion. This blood doesn't cover that. It's, that's just biblical. I'm sorry. It's just how it is. We have to acknowledge what sin is and at least be willing to turn away from it. Yeah. Yep. We have to recognize that excuse. We have to turn from it. Silent Ron. I really don't have nothing. I kind of agree. Well, not kind of. I agree with Mike on making excuses not to be able to help others a lot because it seems like every time I turn around, somebody's calling me for help. And I've I've made excuses every now and again because I've been too busy or I got to do this or I have to do that. And, you know, before... It was always go, 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 like Bob was saying, and my wife would get mad at me because I couldn't say no. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at on that. I don't, the excuses to tell somebody I can't help them because I gotta do this and that, and I gotta stop. Mine I've used before on an episode, but I still think it rings true, especially with the excuse topic. It's if you have a rescue story, if you have a rescue story, then don't make excuses because you're a part of the rescue team then. Mm-hmm. There's no ands, ifs, or buts. Right? That might be rescuing fellow believers. might be rescuing non-believers. That's not your call. Your call is... Once you have a rescue story, you're a part of the rescue team. Period. Tyler, you want to pray us out? Dear Heavenly Father, we want to come to you and and praise you, first of all, and thank you for the, the many blessings that you've given us, Lord. But most importantly, thank you for for Jesus dying on that cross, knowing full well that we were still going to continue to sin. Uh, Lord, I, I, I thank you for each of these men here tonight. I thank you for anybody listening. Lord, I pray that you be with be with us all. Um, convict our hearts of all the excuses that we're using, Lord, and I pray that you help us find a way out of that. Uh, I pray all this in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And until next time. Welcome to Ministry. Catch you on the flip side.